The presence of God is all over the place. The Spirit of God is ready to touch us. The prophetess of God is ready to bless us, to lead us, to direct us, to bring us instructions from the Lord. Put your hands together as we welcome the Lord's anointed ears. Joy, Philippe, Bruce, put your hands Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Amen. Is the Lord dealing with you? Says the Lord dealing with you, or you are just, yeah, He's dealing with us. Tell your neighbor that you are going back different from how you came. Different cry from how you came. Father, we are so grateful. Thank you for meeting us at the point where we need you to meet us. We give you all the praise, give you all the thanks. Tonight, Lord, just have your way. As you speak, Lord, enter into our spirit, man. Touch us where we need to be touched, O oh God. Lord, forgive us. Many of us, our souls are contaminated. Our thoughts are contaminated. Our desires are contaminated. But Lord, by the grace of your presence, by the grace of your word, by the grace of God, of your miracle working power, Lord, just remove that which should not be in us and place it, place in us, Lord, that which is meat, that which is good. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Amen. As I bring it here, I will be sitting, bring it a bit closer to me. Okay. We are beginning the beginning of the end of the camp. You see, when you fast, uh, come on, you see that it's ending. Uh, if you are sitting by somebody who was doing long to come to the camp, are you not shy? After all, you're. <laughs> Uh, hallelujah. So tonight, we're going to be doing a couple of things. The first one I'm going <laughs> to... How many of you have this book with you? Let me see it if you have it, please. You have the book with you. Help me for where are you? How many of these books were purchased today? How many of these books were purchased today? You don't know. Yeah. Roughly like 25. I know for a fact that we are 100, over 100 and something here. And I know that most of you don't have the Macarius. I know. The Macarius is the pack of 60. So those of you who have the pack of 60? Just stand to your feet for me. You have the pack of 60. Beautiful. Can you move out? Move out. You got the pack of 60. Just move out. Okay. Please, I didn't say talk. I just said move out. All right. So now that they've moved, let me see your books. Have you seen how you are? Have you seen how you are? 
you don't have the pack of 60. You're not likely to also get it. This is what you need right now to help you. Somebody has to force you to do it. Why? Why? If you are sitting with somebody who doesn't have the just ask them why. Is it not the behaviors we've just finished talking about? Why? Why? No, no, get an answer. Uh, pastors, your sheep are here. Please find out from them. Why? 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 Go to your sheep who is sitting there, doesn't have the book. You are looking at my face. I'm also looking at your face. Uh, why? Uh, uh, why? The people here, they, are sheep. they don't have any pastors. They don't have sheep. Why? No, no, where's your book? Let me see. You have it where? In your room, which room? Ah, really? Ah. The what? Eh, Pastor Gaston, please come this way. There are so many. Just find out. Find out for me. Come this way. Find out for me that ah. you, as you are the Macarius, you don't have. Because you say you don't have. Most likely because you are a stubborn child. You don't have. This one too. You don't ask. Christian, where is yours? Okay, you have your copy. They said what? They are giving you sermons. You have the book, but you didn't bring it. How many of you have the book, but you didn't bring it? And if you are lying there, today would be a bad day for you. I promise you, lie. Uh, are they doing the exam? Okay, someone here. Yeah, okay. Okay, please go and sit. I continue. Eh. <laughs> ah, Jay. Turn your Bible if you have a Bible. Open it at Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. I'm seeing some hands up. Some people are trying to get a few copies. Please help them out. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. You see why I say you should bring a Bible with you? As you are turning the leaves trying to find Hebrews, you are learning your Bible. Because some of you don't know which book is before Hebrews and you don't know which one is after. Hmm? Oh, Lady Rev, they know it's a book, I beg you. Lady Rev says that you don't know it's a book in the Bible. Please, there are people wanting more books on the corner. We're not seeing your speed at all. Hebrews chapter 5. Um somebody from the sound people or the laptop people tell Pastor Dennis to let me know as soon as he's done with what I asked him to do. I need to know. Find him. He's sitting somewhere trying to get something. Hebrews 5 verse 12. I'm reading from 12 to 14. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and I become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. 
but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. I'm going to read it for you in a simple English version, the NLT. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Hello. Tonight I'm talking to you about why you can be, why you should be, why you are. A shepherd, a basenta leader. You see, you can call it many different things. A basenta leader is a, is a shepherd. A pastor is a shepherd. Hello? A shepherd is just somebody who looks after other people. Now, many of you grew up somewhere else. I also grew up somewhere else, and then we fell into this ministry. <laughs> Some of you are privileged to have grown up in this ministry. So you grew up hearing right from when you knew that you were a Christian that, oh, we work for the Lord. But many of us, we came from somewhere else. How many of us came from somewhere else? Good. So we were all the chair-sitting type because we didn't know any difference. And then we tumbled here by virtue of change of location, coming to school and so forth. And then God brought you here. And then for the first time, you're now hearing certain things or you're now being told, become a basenta leader, become a something. And it's like, ah, Why? all this time I've been sitting in the house of God nobody has come to worry my life why is it that now this small church that I've come that I want to just be in church so that I'll finish school this small something look how you're worrying my life what kind of pressure is this ah lighthouse no cry I'm quoting somebody <laughs> but if I mean some of you have had those sentiments before is it true or is not true good you are not odd for having those sentiments you have them because of where you came from are you with me you were in a church where it wasn't taught for whatever reason it wasn't taught that's why it's not our work is it your work to go and dissect your former church to know why it's not your <laughs> but rather if you have come into a place where something is being taught and it's in the Bible, it is your duty and my duty to understand the word of God and to comply. Because the Bible is what we follow. And you need to understand that don't go looking down on the church you left. You can, don't. Don't. Because some of those churches are 100 years old. 200 years old. The origins of it 200 years ago. We don't know what it will be like when 200 years from now. We, we are still in the first generation crowd. We can see the difference between the early pastors and the ones now. It's same generation. Do you get it? That's why as the thing is passing down, 
if you don't pass it down well or if things change, people just don't. Have I told you the story about the man and the cat? The man who used to pray with the cat. I mean, I mean, I've told you before, but I'll tell you again. For free, for free. Muntia, Muntia, for free. The story is told of a man who he liked praying. He was a prayerful man, and he also had a cat that he liked. How many of you know that cats like human contact? Yeah, they come in. Uh-huh. So when he, anytime he'll kneel down by his bed to pray, his cat will come and then be rubbing against him and distracting him. So he got into the habit, anytime he wants to pray, he just tie up the cat so that it won't come and disturb him until he finishes praying. The years passed, the man grew old, and eventually he passed away. And his descendants, those who came after him, said that when you are going to pray, you have to have a cat tied up. <laughs> Do you understand? They, were, they grew up seeing him praying, and he has tied the cat and they never asked, why do you tie the cat? So, they grew up thinking that when you are praying, as part of your praying, no, cat must be tied somewhere in the room. Then time passed further and further. To a point where now his descendants said, to pray is to have a cat tied up. That shows you human nature. The thing begins in a certain way. And as time goes on, it filters and it becomes something else. So that is what has happened to a lot of the churches that are older, 200 years old, 300 years old, 400 years old. The Catholic Church is 2,022 years old. Definitely things have changed. Yeah, there are some cats that are tied somewhere because somebody didn't ask what is the reason. You'd be surprised when... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when we are 50 years old as a church, you'll be surprised what, you, what, what people would have made out of some of the things. Are you there? You see. So I'm just saying this to say that because of that, don't criticize anything because we are also now coming. We don't know how ours will be. Maybe the thing that we are teaching about shepherding, they'll come and say, if you don't become a shepherd, you are cast in the church. We don't know what they'll say. No, we don't know what they'll say. You know, because it's something that we preach about passionately, you don't know how it will be. But you should just thank God that you have come to fall into a place where the Bible is just being placed centrally and you are being exposed to what is also true. Because you may have grown up in a church where everything is, I receive, I receive, I receive. It's part of the God. It's part of the Bible. But it's not the only thing. So now you've come into a place where some other important thing is being highlighted and you'll be wise not to just throw it away. Does it make sense to you? Good. So now you're about to learn something. In this book, what it means to become a shepherd, Bishop Doug begins to talk about where in chapter 2, I believe it is, and he's saying that every Christian can be a shepherd. So now he's giving you the reasons why he's saying everybody can be. Everybody and anybody. Uh-huh. And that is where he points to the scripture, which is a scripture for all of us. Where Paul says that, you see, I like the King James English because you can remember it. For when, for the time you ought to be teachers. So there is a time when you ought to be teaching somebody else. There is a time. 
There is a time when you grew up in your mother's house or your father's house or whichever house you grew up in. There was a time when you never cooked, you never prepared a meal, never did anything. You rather they were serving you like some baby I know who's lying over there. Eh? This baby over there has become full-time work for two people. They, are, they must change her, they must feed her, they must do this, they must do that. She's a baby. Are you there? When she cries, somebody must jump. When she's wet, hey, somebody must go and change her. When she doesn't feel like sleeping, everybody must be awake. Hello? But she's going to grow. And as she grows, she will have a younger sister and a younger brother. And one day, she will be standing there and mommy said, don't put it there. Mommy said, don't put it there. Make your bed. Because she's the first, the, the older sister. A time has come when she is still the daughter of her parents, oh, but she has now come to the point in her life for when, for the time, you ought to be a teacher. It's now up to you to be teaching. It's not every day. In my house now, I don't teach anybody how to cook. I don't teach anyone how to cook. Okay, until Christmas time. Because Christmas time, I'll be doing something they don't do every day. And then they'll come and ask how to make it. No, no, no. I've spent time, good time, training people to this, to that. Your mother taught her how to make house. To this. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Are you there? I spent good time. I spent good time teaching them. Now the time has come. So if my son then is going to learn how to cook, it will be from the others. Hey, why are you quiet like that? Or it's not making sense to you. Will it be right to you that now all these other people, they are still in my house. When it is time to wash, I should now still go follow Nasa and then go and sit outside. Yes, pour the omo, pour it, put this one, separate this one, wash it, yeah, finish the hell, that is not there, wash it again. Ah! It, it, it is odd. Why is it odd? Because people who were in my house who were younger, who grew with it, who now know what is done and how to do it, they are there. Hello. So who are the ones who are going to teach you? I should now come and teach you how to wash plates. Oh. As I finish the camp now, I should now go home. And when I get home, I should teach you how to sweep. Oh, you people, have mercy. <laughs> what has happened? The time has come when some, when you are now teaching. Many of you who are here, how many of you are firstborns? Let me see your hand. Are you trying to tell me that your younger siblings, they don't hear from you? You don't do anything. Then if you are a firstborn parent and your parent is still struggling, you have reached this place and your parent is still struggling to keep in shape the youngest one, you are a very useless older brother or sister. And the truth is, I'm sure all of you do something or you don't. You do. It comes almost, I want to say almost automatically if you like. How many of you are the last ones here? Yeah. Haven't you had some quarrels with your older sisters and brother before? Haven't you even felt that they are doing something too much? You are doing it too much. You are doing it even more than mommy or even more than daddy. So I'm just saying to show you the principle that the principle is already working. The principle is already working. Working in your life already. 
So you grew up and you came to a time when you cannot be lying down. Imagine now you are this size and you are lying down like a a a a <laughs> why is her name escaped me? Alisa. You are 22 years old. And as we are here, you are lying down like Alisa. Oh, I cannot get them to go to toilet. Somebody should just Never be serious. Are you the one who's lying down like that? Be serious. <laughs> Can you not see that the very same thing in one? It is just, I mean, oh, come, 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 let me change you so you are comfortable. In the other, it's even offensive. It's even offensive. That's why when you have grown to a certain point and then you wet your bed, they even beat you. Because they but the same thing when you were doing it when you were you were six months old one year old sometimes even two years old there's no reaction they just sort it out I feel wait the ten you are still peeing on your bed that's when you see them start trying to use all kinds of Rambo tactics to get you to stop and, and when for certain reasons you don't stop it's a big problem I know somebody was in her twenties and she couldn't stop yeah yeah yeah. No, she wasn't being lousy. It was a medical condition. And we had to get her help. When, you see, even, to, even for her to say it, she was so embarrassed. She was so embarrassed. It's like, but at a point she realized that my pastors may understand because at home there nobody understands. It had marked her life. Yeah. Very shy. Couldn't go anywhere like camp. She can't come. She can't share a room with somebody. And they might find out that this is her problem. Hey, Charlie. Yeah. So when you don't develop normally or when something has happened and, and what is expected, you haven't reached there. It's a problem. Is that what program? Program. It's a problem. Except among Christians. Except among Christians. When you have been a Christian from 19 Plebeho to now, you still feel that you have a right to pee on yourself. You still feel you have a right to just be fed, just sit down, do nothing. You should just be there. The original feeder. Hey, some of you lighthouse babies. Bishop Doug fed your parents, married them. They came, they had you. You have grown. He's teaching you still how you feel that you should just be sitting down. Hey. If you are sitting by a lighthouse baby, say what? 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 How? How? (laughs) Because, hello, the point he's making is that everyone should become a shepherd because it is the natural thing, it's a natural stage of development. It's natural. Just like how, as you are the firstborn, it is now natural. You have learned to cook. Then you start to tell your younger sister, cook the soup. Have you been telling her to cook the soup? Who is the younger one? And who is the older one? Uh-huh. Yeah, I was right. Have you been making her cook the soup? Or you are still cooking the soup? She's not saying it with strength. She's not saying it with strength or power. No. It's normal. 
It's normal that at a certain point they have told you that you should cook. Then you tell the younger one, my friend, put the saucepan on. Take some four onions and, and, and grind them. Prepare the tomatoes. Prepare the tomatoes. I'm coming. I'm coming. Is it not normal? It's normal. Is it not normal that you finish the cooking and tell that do the washing up? That's you. You pull them. <laughs> you can pull your mouth all you want. Wash up the dishes. Why? Because it's a normal stage of development. That's also how it is when you are in the house of God. Paul says that it's a baby who needs milk. Are you there? In fact, he's the one who tells us to desire the sincere milk of the word of that we may grow thereby when you were a baby. Now you have grown. Are you there? Now you have grown. First Peter 2 2 as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So at a point we're giving you milk, giving you milk, giving you milk, giving you milk. You see. Then he now points out to us in Hebrews 5 that you need to grow. And it's a normal thing that as you grow, and you are now responsible for teaching somebody else the word of God. And then he's lamenting that ah, when you got to get to that point, we must now come and teach you again first principles how to be born again, how to have your quiet time, how to be a strong Christian, how to, we must teach you again. Why? Are you there? Then he makes a point in verse 13 for everyone that uses milk, the same milk he told us to desire, says you are unskillful. If you are a drinker of milk, you are unskillful. Why? Because milk is babies who drink it. Then he explains that strong meat is for the mature. He says, how do you become mature? You become mature by using the word. He says, so those who, by reason of use, you are using the thing. And you have your senses excellent. Because you are using it. You are using it. Using the word to determine, is this right? Is it wrong? Is it right? Is it wrong? And that's why some of you are you were planning to go to the report week. <sighs> because you are a, a grown-up who has the, the sense of a baby. Eh? Your brain is the size of Alicia's brain at this time. It should not be. It should not be. Do you understand it? So we are saying that what? It's a normal thing. It's a normal thing. It's because the church, a good part of the church, when I say the church, I'm talking about the whole body of Christ, a good part of the church is totally backslidden. That's how come many of us don't know that. It's normal, but it's normal. Go back into the Bible and read your Bible in, from Acts chapter 1. And you will see that in Acts chapter 1, everybody was on it. Everybody was on it. On it, on it, on it, on it, on it. Normal people, they were on it. When Philip left Jerusalem because of the scattering, he went to in, in Acts chapter 8 to Samaria. And he went to preach. And the Bible says that before they talk about Philip, they say that those who were scattered, as they were scattered, they were normal people. They went about preaching. 
They were not, oh, I'm Reverend, I'm Pope. Um, give me another title. Right, Reverend? Eh? Bishop, what again? Apostle, Apostle General, Prophet, Senior Prophet. Eh? What? I didn't hear that. <laughs> Godfather. It was not according to titles. Do you get it? So the first church was started by the apostles. The second church was the church of Antioch. It was started by ordinary men. The church of Antioch. And the church of Antioch became wilder than the church of Jerusalem. Ah, you are very quiet. Yeah. The Jerusalem church was the first church. And by Acts chapter 8, the Jerusalem church began to fail. And they were failing because God had expected them to take the gospel to the Gentiles and they didn't go. And he gave Peter a dream to show him that, listen, it's time to go to the Gentiles. Peter got up and went to one for Gentile family in Acts chapter 10. He went to the family of Cornelius. When he finished, he came back to preach to the Jews. And God said, in and he just picked the carpet and scattered it in the whole church. And when they were scattered, this, the Bible says that some of the men of Cyrene and wherever, they now went and together they started the church in Antioch. And the church in Antioch began to boom. And when it began to boom, Barnabas came on the visit and said, Hey, what is going on here? It's very wild. And he went to call Paul and he brought Paul. And from Acts chapter 13 to the end of the book of Acts, Peter is a shadow. Are you there? Is it not Peter that Jesus said, Upon this rock I'll build my church? Because when it was time to send, he didn't send. He became a shadow. He was given the respect and honor of, as you know, but Paul now began to dominate. And when you take your New Testament and you open your New Testament, you will see only First Peter and Second Peter. But you will see even the book of Acts. They think Paul wrote it. They're not. I'm not sure. Are you there? But from there, Galatians, Ephesians. Philippians, Colossians, 1 Timothy, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, Romans, all written by Paul. All. The one who went. Hey. Are you there? You are surprised. You have been reading the book of Acts, but you didn't see all this. Hey. You see, if I'm going to teach you these things, you would make me deviate from what I plan to teach you. Yeah. But the church of Antioch took over from the church of Jerusalem. And the church of Jerusalem became something like just a. In Painful. In Painful, sorry. The apostles, that was their church. But where the action was, the action man, that was, that was Paul. So you can choose today whether you want to be a husband or you want to be a, 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 a now, a to be. <laughs> hey, um, I'm going to read some scriptures, then I have another surprise for you. So listen, 
there is a time in every Christian's life when he must be able to teach. This is a natural stage of development. It doesn't require any special or spectacular experience with God to be able to teach. Teaching is the principal duty of a good shepherd. Teaching is the same as feeding the sheep. And if you remember, when Jesus Christ came before he went to heaven, he told, he asked Peter, do you love me? When Peter said, yes, I love you, hey, feed my lambs. He asked him again, do you love me? He said, feed my sheep. He asked the third time, now that Peter was aggrieved, now what exactly are you saying? He said, feed my sheep. We are here, we say that we love God. You love God, who are you feeding? I said, you love God, who are you feeding? It's a sign of your love. If the answer is nobody, then please, he's not feeling your love. Do you know that when when somebody loves you, the person must see something and feel something. Here you are, you say you love the girl. You don't call her, you don't text her, you don't take her anywhere, you don't send her anything. She has then you say, can you ask your neighbor what kind of love is that? There are some girls there are some girls they say they love their brother but if the brother doesn't call they don't call if the brother doesn't text they don't text if the brother is always the brother buying a gift it's always the brother remembering her birthday what, 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 what? brothers I want you to stand up and ask the nearest sister well, what kind of love is that what kind of love is that what kind of love is that Ask the nearest sister, what kind of love is that? <laughs> Every day, he should be buying something. He should be buying something. He should be buying something. Here to where is yours? <laughs> Are you there or you are not there? Last year, last year my husband was 60 years old. And I was thinking to myself that, ah, what are you going to give somebody? He doesn't really need anything. You know? Then I decided that I started to celebrate the 60 years from January. So he'll come home on a day, Charlie. I've wrapped some something and it's there. Then I say, what is this? I say, oh, open it and see. What if I say it's part of the 60 years? Oh. Then I remember one day he asked me that, so am I going to give him 60 of them before the day? Are you? Yeah. Because if you love somebody, there has to be some, some action. 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 Yeah. You must show it. You must show it. You must show it. And one of the ways when you really love someone, you talk about the person a lot. Yeah. I mean, has Lady Reverend ever preached and you didn't hear about Reverend Leslie? <laughs> By all means, something will happen. Then some example B or some something B or something. Yeah. It's normal. It's normal. It's normal. 
Have you not heard our father when he's preaching? No, something, something, something. His wife. You, you, in fact, many people only know, they know his wife from what he preaches. Yeah, some of them don't even know her. But from what he preaches. Why? Well, it, is, it is how it is. So this is your love of God. Love. Tell them even love, love of God. Your, your love of God. Love of God. No, you are just saying it's like his way. <laughs> Hallelujah. And one of the ways, when you are teaching somebody, you are teaching the person. I'm not talking about teaching chemistry or geography. I'm talking about teaching them something from the word of God. I have been teaching you since yesterday. Yes. Because this is the person that I love. I've been teaching you, teaching you, teaching, trying to get you to, to, to come to a certain place. This morning, I've even given you a film to show you that don't be fake, Charlie. He's so real. Because from I look, from, he's so real. He is so real. He's, I don't have to pretend. He's, he's so real to me. Are you there? Recently, I looked inside my account. I said, ah, the account is empty. Oh, Lord, come and see. Oh, it's not good at all, though. Please, can you do something? He has done something. He has done something. He has done something, something. Oh, he's very real to me. He is very, very real. You see, if he's not real to you, you'll be, you'll be confused a lot. If you're someone who worries a lot, he's not real to you yet. Yeah. Do you get me? Because if he's real, as you start to worry, you just say, Lord, I'm worried about this thing. I, I leave it for you. Raja, was your hand up to say something? Or you were just... Yeah, you were tapping. Yeah. Oh, he's very real to me. Very, 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 very real. Yeah. Recently, I was having a chat with him. I told him that because I'm preaching so much, he should do something about my clothing budget. He should do something about it. Hmm? Then what? He will... There won't be space. He has to do something about it. He has to do something about it. Hmm... What, have you, what was the last thing you spoke to him about? Are you in the house or you have traveled? And that is why I am talking to you about him because some of you, when I look at your problems, I can see that look. If only I can get you to know him, you'll be all right. You'll be okay. The burden that you are carrying, you, you will believe him. You believe him. Amen. And this is one of the things. When you you see, when you start to teach about him, you begin to read the thing a little more in detail, because you are going to share it. How many of you in your subjects you've taught somebody before? You've taught somebody before. Did you notice that it became more understandable to you? Just because you had to put it into words that someone could understand, could understand. So you ended up Yes, you are teaching somebody, but you also ended up with a deeper understanding of the thing that you were teaching. And that's exactly how it works. When you begin to teach somebody about Christ, you open the thing. Say, mm. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Exactly what does it mean? Then you have to find a way to explain it. And as you are finding a way to explain it, you yourself, you are understanding it more. You understand why he came more. Amen. I said what? Amen. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Are you understanding why we are saying to you that you need to become a Bacenta leader? Now we are hearing from some of you, I don't qualify. I don't qualify. So let me introduce you to the, the only qualification that you need. You just need one. First Timothy 3 1. That's all you need. 1 Timothy 3 1. This is a true saying. That if you desire what? Yeah, you desire what? The office of a bishop. He says it is what? So I thought if you are desiring the office of a bishop, they'll say you have to know 300 scriptures by heart. Uh, you have to what again? Let's think of a, a few things. You shouldn't like girls. You shouldn't like girls. Eh? You don't like them too much. Okay. What again? You should fast how many days? How many days? Always praying, always praying. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Fasting. What about fasting? What? Three times a At least three times a week fasting. Okay. And then praying. You shouldn't have bushy hair. Okay. What about baggy trousers? I think it's not. You shouldn't have baggy trousers. It should be kama. Should he have a beard or not? No beard. Okay. No beard. Oh, are you sure? Maybe the beard will make you look a little holy. So the beard should be up to here. Up to here. So if you were born into a family that they don't have hair, Charlie, you are out. You are out. Uh, should you be tall or short? Which one? You should be tall. Eh? Okay. You should be tall. <laughs> Look, by that one day, you have cancelled about 50% of the work. He doesn't say any of those things. He gives you one thing. He says that you should have a desire. You should just desire it. Just desire to serve him. Then he gives you, and you discover that all the things he's written there are all character things. Don't quarrel. Don't drink and your eyes will become red. Don't be a striker. They're all character things. There's nothing there about spiritual things. Why? Because he's trying to let you see that a common person, ordinary person, normal person, average person can be some. It is human beings who have made it something very strange and something that you cannot reach. You know, those of us who are bishops, you know, we have some very... We are normal human beings, so... We get tired, we bleed, what? We we cry, what again? We what? Huh? We sweat. We too, we don't feel like getting up. This afternoon I didn't feel like getting up to teach you. What again? No, it's true. My voice is gone. I felt like sending a message that look, my voice is gone. So I'm also going home. Ah, why a before it's not shit. Now we need a But you see, I, I I like him. I like him, and I have you here for just two days. And in those two days, I'm hoping that you will you will you will come to like him. You know, yeah. And you also come to like him. You also come to know that he's real. Uh, it's about to rain, eh? Beautiful. Beautiful. When it's raining, you can't go anywhere. <laughs> can't go anywhere. We are here. Are you are you understanding what I'm saying? So he says that just a desire. Just a desire. 
Have you noticed that in the world, if you say that you wanted to be a bishop, they say you are very some way. You are too known, you are some way. You are, but that's not what the Bible says. He's encouraging you that desire it. I pray that when I'm old, I will now start to hear that so, so and so is now a bishop. This one too has become a bishop. This one has become a sister. This one has become a son. This has become, yeah. Just by doing what? Nothing special. Oh. Just doing what he has asked you to do. And that's, this is the beginning of it. Hallelujah. Hey, is it becoming possible? Is it working? Let's continue. Why everyone? Why you can become a shepherd? Let's go to Matthew 9.36. This is Jesus. So. Matthew 9.36. But when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted. <laughs> the thing cannot close. I thought there were some stones. Hey, so even to just buy something to close the door, they can't buy. Ham is alive and well. Are you there? When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Not as sheep having no prophet. Mm. As sheep having no shepherd. When there is no shepherd, the people scatter. The people scatter. And the work of a shepherd, which is what a basenta leader is, which is whatever, is to gather people. Are you understanding it? You are here because somebody gathered you. And please, the word sheep is Jesus who uses it. If you don't like it, I want to know who you are. Are you a lion? Then I want to, I want to understand, I want to know whether you know Psalm 23 or not. What is Psalm 23? Please, shepherd, they are over sheep. <laughs> Go on. The Lord is my shepherd. Maybe you are in want because you are not a sheep. Mm. <laughs> he what? Can anybody make you do anything? Are you a sheep? Or you are a goat? You know what a goat is? A goat. Goats, they don't easily lie down. Uh -huh. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. Uh -huh. he, he leads me. Are you leadable? When they were trying to lead you to this camp, manifestations, he leads me beside the still water. Meanwhile, they were leading you to a place beside still waters. Let us continue. He restored my soul. Mm -hmm. Again, leading you. Can you be led? Can you be led? Some of you are hyenas. There's an animal I don't like in the world. It's a hyena. Have you watched a, nat a film, nature film with hyenas in it before? Have you heard how they laugh? It's very bad. It's very bad. 
as they are as they are circling, they're coming to do, but they'll be laughing. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> What's the next part? Come again for his name's mm-hmm. yeah. Walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, Debbie, I was so we are sheep. Every day you are afraid. Are you a sheep? Who is leading you? Continue, la. <laughs> is he with you? Is he with you? If you are a sheep, is he with you? Uh-huh. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. But when the rod is being applied, you say, hey. Mm. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Mm-hmm. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Sure. Wait, before you get to surely, where is your cup that's running over? My cup runneth over. That's abundance of provision. My cup runs over. Thou anointest my head with oil. When I'm anointed, my cup runs over. Hey. Start to desire the anointing. You are too anointing free. Hey. Okay. Yeah. The anointing comes to make it easy. My cup runneth over. Okay. Uh-huh. Hey, who is following you? <laughs> Ask your neighbor. I say, who is following you? <laughs> Goodness and mercy. Okay, shall follow me uh-huh. all the days of my life, uh-huh. and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Hey. Wow! Look at how you are quoting the thing that you stay in the house forever of the house of the Lord. The next time you contemplate leaving the house of the Lord, may the one-armed angel come and pick you up and spin you up. (laughs) Hallelujah. God's people are scattered without a shepherd. Amen. Ezekiel 34 and verse 5. And they were scattered because there is no shepherd. And they became meat to all the beasts of report <coughs> when they are scattered. Are you able to see it? Yeah. The reason why campus, the boys get people to chew, we haven't done our work. We haven't done our work. The fact that you are here and you are safe doesn't mean that you should leave somebody for somebody to go and chew. Are you there? And that's why we say, go out, look, go and share, go outreach, invite, bring somebody. Just go and bring somebody as you are bringing them. At least that's a few, fewer people to be chewed. And by the way, it's not only girls they chew. It's not only girls who are chewed. Oh. Are you in the house? 
become a shepherd in order to fulfill the great commission. On your own, you won't do it. On your own, you won't do it at all. At all. That's why it's very important to be part of something which makes you go and do it. Hallelujah. Become a shepherd so that you can obtain a good degree. Yeah. Become a shepherd so that you can combine material and spiritual progress. So you are in school. That's your material one. When you're coming out with your degree, you have that one, but you also have another one. Are you there? Become a shepherd because people are hungry for the truth. Have you noticed that people believe a lot of wrong things? And we think there are some way. When you think that there are some way, you don't recognize that it's because we haven't done our job. We have left it. That's why other people who are lying are, are speaking more, shouting more, and people are believing them. Do you understand or you don't understand? Yeah. So it comes back to us. It comes back to us doing what is right. Hallelujah. People really, really want the truth. That's why there's more people indulging more in witchcraft, indulging more in the... They're looking for answers. And the Christians are busy feeling shy and will not answer anything. So they just search and whoever will talk, whoever will shout the loudest, they go there. Hmm. Are we becoming sober? Become a shepherd because many people are spiritually hungry. Yeah. Become a shepherd because people need to be visited and strengthened. Wow. Uh, can you see that it's about other people? Jeremiah 23 and verse 2. You have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. But we are changing. Are we changing? Are we changing? Yeah. So we are going to do the work according to our capacity. Somebody is going to do and you have a lot of people, 40 people following you. Somebody will do and you have 12 people following. But everybody according to your ability. You will notice that we don't come and blast anybody according to what they have brought. Just You just do your ability. You don't come and say, oh, it's also and so brought 40. So you too. Why have you? No, 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 no. You do what you are able to do. Hallelujah. Tonight, before I continue, I'm going to show you a video. <clears throat> and, and there's another, everything that I show you is not because I, of happiness. I mean, you just happen to enjoy them. It's not just that. But this particular video is, is a video of um, um, the, um, what should I say? There was a, a man who, when he was a young boy, he used to follow Benihin. Benihin was his idol. He always wanted to watch him, be with him, go where he was. He eventually became one of his main fans. He was always learning and watching. That guy eventually, hello, what are they doing again? That guy eventually married Benihin's daughter. And they are in ministry. Are you there? But what struck me about them is that you know that Benny Hinn is a worshiper. When he lifts up the worship, it's the same songs, but Charlie, you that you have been changing your songs, 25 songs per minute, we are not seeing what we are seeing on these three old songs. <laughs> Singing. Anyway, but 
that ministry seems to have picked up something. I want you to watch it. <laughs> 